Hi, good evening. Welcome to our academic course overview for our ninth and 10th grade parent night. We're gonna give it just a moment to allow others to join us. We'll start here in just a few. Again, if you are just joining us, we want to welcome you. We will get started here in just a moment. All right, if you are just joining us, thank you for being here tonight for our academic course overview for our ninth and 10th grade parents. Uh, we are excited about this opportunity to get to share with you. Joining us tonight uh, is going to be Megan Hanna, our senior academic director, myself, Jeff Veal, the director of professional schools and Dean of Humanities, as well as Rebecca McIntosh, who is our director of college guidance. We also have in our chat, one of our deans, Kara Hermagino, uh, our Dean of Engineering. And we are more than happy tonight to respond to questions or needs as they arise. Please feel free to use the chat uh, as a way in which to interact with us. And we will be certain to answer those questions either in the chat, and if we're not able to, we will follow up with you uh, following the chat this evening uh, or respond by some time tomorrow uh, in a timely fashion to you. So we're excited about the information that we have to share uh, concerning academic course offerings, as well as the path to college. As we get started, I wanna invite you, if you would, to join me in a word of prayer and we'll get started with our evening. Father, we thank you so much that we have the chance uh, to truly stop, pause, and give you thanksgiving for the way in which you work and move in our school community. Thank you for the mission that we have. Uh, thank you for the values that we uphold. We thank you for our families. We thank you for our, our students who um, are right now beginning the process of thinking about next year and, and life uh, beyond high school and college. Uh, we thank you um, for just the opportunity to be face-to-face -face at our school at this time. Um, we thank you for your richness and your sovereignty and your blessing that you provide us. Um, be in this time. May we always uh, desire and seek your mercy and your grace and your truth. In your son, Jesus, amen. Again, if you are just joining us as we get started, we do want to invite you as we go through this uh, to feel free to ask questions in the chat. Additionally, uh, within the next days, you will receive an email with many of the materials uh, that we are discussing tonight that will be sent to you, as well as a video uh, recording from tonight that we'll also be sharing out uh, on the back side of this in, in the next coming days. <clears throat> Let's go ahead and get started. So as we um, are getting going here, one of the things that we like to do for our ninth and 10th grade families is just to do an overall legacy core requirements overview. Um, it's a really great way to reorientate us towards what are those things that are the core classes that we uh, ask our students to take as a part of their graduation plan while they are at Legacy. And I wanna quickly review some of those. 
Bible, three credits, English, history. You'll notice math and the required courses that are there. We do ask four credits for our students. So for example, many of our students may have received an algebra credit in eighth grade, and then they will fulfill three credits in high school. Now they obviously have the opportunity as well to go on and take uh, additional math, but we have as a baseline four math credits um, that we ask that they take. For science, we ask that they take four credits. You'll see required biology, chemistry, physics, as well as an additional science elective. And then world languages, two years of a single language. So for our freshman families who are joining us tonight, you may have had a student who did a foreign language for credit in eighth grade, and they've taken one in ninth grade. Uh, they technically may have then ended up satisfying those requirements but they may be interested in taking a Spanish three or a Latin three going beyond. Other students will continue satisfying that world language requirement, um, but it is too that we ask our students to take a fine arts credit and then an athletics and PE credit uh, also uh, is a part of our legacy core. <clears throat> so a student uh, in their second semester of their freshman year, it can become a part of our professional schools program. And your student, if you have a freshman, may have come home and have been talking about this. And if you're a sophomore uh, parent, your student has been participating in our professional schools program for about a year now. We have five different program options for them within the schools. We have business, engineering and technology, fine arts, humanities and medicine. And each one of them have very unique opportunities for your student. So in addition to our legacy core, we end up having a professional core of two credits and a concentration pathway uh, with three credits. So for example, for our parents uh, who are new to this process, within business, your student can have four different concentrations. Uh, within engineering, three different. Within fine arts, three. Humanities, three. And then medicine, three. You'll notice on this that each one of these uh, pathways has an interdisciplinary option. Uh, as we coach your students, we remind them we really would like for them to be able to select a concentration that is specific, such as if I'm in engineering and technology, we would really steer them towards the engineering concentration when possible. It gives them a little bit more of a deeper dive into those content areas that are very specific to engineering as they're exploring their path forward. Interdisciplinary, it can be a very important uh, piece for a student because perhaps uh, they have a high interest uh, in medicine, but they also want to take some business classes. Well, we want to honor that. Uh, perhaps we have a student who has a high interest in pre-law, uh, in humanities, um, in taking some courses, but they also really have an interest in computer science courses. And so interdisciplinary gives our students the opportunity to explore beyond their school. It also may be the right fit for a student depending upon other commitments that they have, whether it be LLC, fine arts, uh, athletics, other opportunities. So we always wanna encourage our student to identify their school, pick a concentration, and then their dean works closely with them in that area. Well, how do we do that? Uh, this is a great refresher, a little bit more in depth for our sophomore parents than perhaps we've covered before and a great primer for our freshman parents tonight. One of the things that we do to help your student to be able to identify their right fit is something called U-Science Discovery. And it's an exciting partnership that we have with a company who really specializes 
in helping to take student skills and their interest and tease those out and really identify those uh, to be able to help them figure out where, the, where their growth opportunities are perhaps beyond areas of interest that they haven't even considered. Um, many of our students come to us in high school believing they have an interest in something, perhaps because they've been exposed to it by a family member, uh, something that they feel they're naturally skilled at, or something that they may have an interest or a passion in, such as fine arts. What U-Science Discovery allows us to do is it allows us to use a set of tools to be able to really identify what are those areas. And I want to encourage you tonight, uh, feel free, please, to check out uscience.com forward slash HS parents. They have a fantastic wealth of information that is there, as well as um, a video webinar of sorts that lets you experience the summative pieces that your students has to have they end up taking um, as they are uh, going through this process. So what does that look like and what does that mean? So here's what we know. And, and I really like this quote. Students are interested in what they know. Students know what they see. It's hard and possible even to be interested in a career that you've never even heard of. So part of our job is to be able to help students see beyond maybe what can be um, very typical careers. Uh, and help to measure their aptitude, account for the equity, and then back it up with science. So when a freshman comes to us in the fall, they have the opportunity to engage in 11 brain games. And really what these do is they help to uncover what students naturally do well and solve problems. Uh, these are performance measures of aptitudes. Think of this as their hardwire potential. These are skills that basically will not change for them uh, in life. So those nine measures, uh, we end up testing them in every area, such as idea generation, their inductive reasoning, numerical reasoning, sequential reasoning, spatial visualization, time frame orientation, visual comparison, speed, vocabulary, and work approach. So as you can see, it's pretty thorough, and it gives us a good opportunity to see what are those skills that may help them to expand beyond what they thought that either they were good at or capable of. A great question comes up often is what about interest? Well, the great thing about U-Science is there, it has a component that accounts for interest, but it's not based. It's not a career inventory that is interest heavy. There are 60 questions that do help them to identify their interests because that, that is important. We want them to be interested. But really what we're doing is empowering students with the knowledge of their unique capabilities, helping to kind of close that exposure gap. And then we back it up with science. One of the reasons why we partnered with U-Science is because they have industry tested um, reporting mechanisms that have been vetted through research that really allows them to be able to see the power of aptitudes combined with these interests. Uh, and I would be happy uh, to send any of that to anyone who'd be interested in exploring a little bit more validity reports and what those pieces look at, uh, because truly we want our students to be in, in the right seat for them. So, excuse me, I'm sorry about that. With U-Science Discovery, every student receives these following pieces. So our freshmen and our sophomores, personalized results. We're matching them with in-depth information about each career. Comprehensive insight, their natural abilities and how it impacts their work, their school, and their social life. Many of your students from some of their deans have received what is a 32-page report that really allows them to be able to go deep into the how they interact with their work and their world around them. Uh, we want to give them self-advocacy language. 
uh, so that they're able to pull out power words uh, from this report and allow them to really think strategically about their resumes and applications and interviews, both for college and uh, also for a job potentially, specifically an internship. And then the great news is our students have access to this for 10 years, meaning after a student leaves LCA, they actually will be able to access this throughout college uh, and even life beyond. And there's a wealth of resources that are there. And then your deans help to take this information, sit down with students and advise them as they navigate PSP school choices and those course selections. So I wanna invite you to sit down with your student together and access these results. This is available to every one of our students and their families. You will notice that we've provided the information here with a username, first name dot last, uh, your student's name at ilegacyca.com and then the password being Eagles. Uh, it really is very helpful information as you look at your student in terms of learning more about who they are, how they're wired, and potentially influencing their path as they move through high school. So how do we arrive at a student selection for PSP? Well, there's really two steps in this, and our sophomores last year were able to be a part of this, but it's a great reminder that we don't arrive here by accident. Uh, it truly is um, with intention. So in January, our freshmen come to us and we work with them based on youth science and as well as their interest uh, to have a soft selection of a school. They get to go over the next month or two to school symposiums, participate in school specific activities. As we sit down with them, the second part of this, as we sit down with them and really begin that process of looking at courses, looking at schools, uh, thinking about sophomore year and even junior year, we really want to start having a better idea of their school, their concentration, and which academic plan we're going to move forward. So for our freshmen, in, in the sense, we ask for a formal declaration so that it gives us a path, a foundation with which to build on in their coursework for their sophomore year. For our sophomores, one of the things that our deans are going to be doing with many of them is we understand during their freshman year, they may have chosen interdisciplinary because they weren't sure. They may know they wanted business, but let's say they're very interested now in finance and accounting. Well, our Dean of Business, Mr. Hamilton will say, I see you're interdisciplinary. Let's talk through concentration options. Let's revisit that and see if there's a right fit for you as we move forward for some really specific courses uh, that could help to support your learning. So what does that look like? <clears throat> Well, we have school degree plans. Each one of our five schools have degree plans that we're gonna be emailing out to you that we walk through with all of our students uh, from their freshman year through their senior year. We sit down with those and we sit down with our students. We talk about them in our PSP uh, course advising. And I wanted to show you an example of what one of those looks like. Uh, the first one that I wanna show you tonight is an example of what a student would see and what we'll be providing for you in one of our concentrations in the School of Business. It's our entrepreneurship and management concentration. You will notice the legacy core. These are the same across the board for all of our students in our upper school. Where it starts to differentiate a little bit, if you will notice down there in the blue, entrepreneurship and management, those students are gonna take a biblical worldview. Every single one of our schools has a biblical worldview class. For business, it's servant leadership. And then if you will notice they'll also take a business concepts, a very foundational business class that we think is key. 
uh, for their foundational understanding of entrepreneurship and management. Within the concentration, these specific courses, business mathematics and financial literacy, business applications, and then they will have a capstone, that summative experience that I'll talk about here in, in just a moment. Understanding that these classes are guides, knowing our students sometimes work at different paces, different orders. We work very intentionally with our student to figure out what is the next best step for them for the following year for the courses that they're going to take. Now, I did want to share with you an example about a humanities. <clears throat> One of the things that we have spent a significant amount of time of investing um, time and energy into this year is our pre-law concentration. And you'll notice again, very similar, the legacy core. Then we have our professional core, servant leadership, much like our school of business is the biblical worldview. That, then a student could take intro to psychology or foreign language three. For pre-law students, they'll take forensics. Then uh, for our concentration, intro to law plus one other law class, whether that be business law, honors criminal law, or honors constitutional law and a capstone. And here in just a little bit, Ms. Hannah is going to speak more uh, focused uh, around some of these additional offerings that we have uh, for our students. But I wanted to give you some comparison and contrast to what some of these plan examples may look like. Now, fine arts, engineering and medicine also have all of their different concentrations and plans that they also offer. So your student, they're a little bit away uh, from this opportunity, but we like to have a, a look ahead, right? So by senior year, we strongly encourage our students to take advantage of the senior capstone. And really that's a summative professional schools experience where either a student can choose to do an internship, a field experience, or an independent study with mentorship where it's guided research and they have someone in their area and field who is mentoring them, uh, having conversations with them, guiding them through that process. And one thing that we like to tell our families in advance is that an application and meeting in the spring for the next school year is an expectation with a dean just to make certain that there's alignment and agreement about what uh, the internship possibilities may be, get to know the student a little better, make sure it's just a right fit for everyone. It is required of all seniors with a concentration. So your student may have a concentration uh, their freshman and sophomore year. The expectation would be that they would have a senior capstone uh, their senior year. Interdisciplinary students, uh, a senior capstone is optional, but highly encouraged. We do want everyone to know as you were planning this out, we have these conversations early because our senior capstone is typically a two block period to allow time for that travel to experience the capstone. Uh, and so we build all of that into the two blocks, but we always wanna make certain that as our students are working with their deans that they are already planning out that two block period that they're gonna need their senior year for that experience. So a couple of things to keep in mind want to be able to share, uh, we, we want you to rest assured that all students have access to the same advanced academic opportunities in math, science, English, and history, regardless of PSP school pathways. The only thing it's contingent on is meeting prerequisites. So if a student right now is trying to decide between business or medicine or engineering, or as you go through that high school um, selection process, that in our core courses, English, math, science, history, our students have the same opportunity to take advantage of those. Now, uh, here in a moment, Ms. Hannah will speak a little bit about the contingency piece of meeting prereqs, but it's important to us that our students 
uh, have the opportunity to do so, particularly so this last year when we had athletics outside of our school day, it created some margin for students to explore, take some different courses, perhaps um, even double up on some math opportunities that were available. We anticipate next year with athletics, the same opportunity for our students to be able to take additional courses and to be able to take advantage perhaps of some of those advanced courses that are available to them. Now for our students who are medicine and engineering school concentrations, we always ask that they pay close attention to their math science core class requirements. There are a sequence in those degree plans uh, in some of those, as well as making certain that you're meeting those minimums on having um, the number of math and science courses that are, are required for those programs. And then finally, we always like to tell our, our parents that we're partners in this. Our deans advise, but they don't determine courses. Uh, we will definitely, based upon a student's goal, uh, help them to um, create courses uh, that will help them to fulfill those, that desired pathway. But we really believe that the crucial convo uh, that happens is between parents and students to be in alignment about the appropriate level and challenge for courses. So though we advise you guys as families really get to sit down and determine um, the appropriate level of rigor and challenge for your student um, so that we ensure that they're, they're in the right place uh, when we go through that process. Your deans are always available to talk, but we want you as families to feel really empowered that you're hashing out those pieces and you come to a place of, an, of agreement with your courses. And then finally, the most important thing always, God is in control. Um, we know that he is over these processes. He's over um, really uh, your student's life. And we look forward uh, to knowing that there may be twists. Uh, it's a little bit like a roller coaster ride. And there may be times where we have to make changes. But the good news is we can make those together. Um, and truly, uh, it, it is exciting to get to serve your families. With that being said, I am going to, at this time, uh, turn over uh, this next segment to Ms. Hannah, our Senior Director of Academics. Thank you so much, Jeff. Um, I, what I, I get the, the pleasure of really talking about, um, and hopefully you can see me here, um, I get the pleasure of talking about uh, new courses for you. So what new courses are actually being offered at LCA? Um, what things are going to be available for your student coming next year? And then maybe highlighting some other courses that you might, um, oh, there I am, hello, um, that you might be interested in just being aware of, talking about our dual credit courses and things like that. Um, so I get the fun stuff really right now. Um, and one of our really exciting areas of growth for legacy has been in this the, the new courses that we're offering in the law, law concentration, um, but they are open to all students. And so we actually are offering four new law courses this next year, four slash five. So I'll explain that a little bit. Um, and these are actually done in partnership with the King's Academy in West Palm Beach, Florida. Um, and we've, we've had a couple really great partnerships through the years with John Brown University, Letourneau University, and we're expanding that with the King's Academy and also Palm Beach Atlantic. Um, to really expand course offerings where we may not have a ton of students that, can, that are all interested in taking it, but it allows us to really um, dive deep for those students who are really interested in a specific area of maybe understanding law or understanding what this looks like to possibly go into, um, into a field that is in that same range. Um, so these are actually half credit courses. And what that means um, is they're actually going to take a semester long for each one. 
So the intro to law class, I've left that description there. It really is an introduction to understanding law. Um, these are online classes. They're going to have some support from here, but it is also some good exposure to an online class. Um, but what it does is it gives you an intro to law to start. So every student that is interested in a law class will start first semester with intro to law. The second semester, we get to differentiate that out just a little bit more. And the students can choose from one of three or four different options. So they can choose to go into the next course for their next semester to be business law and ethics. Um, they have another option of doing an honors criminal law and procedure or an honors, honors constitutional law. Um, we also have that there, that introduction to criminal law, the OC below is a dual credit class that's offered through Palm Beach Atlantic. And um, that's open to 11th and 12th graders if they're really looking at possibly considering some college credit for those classes as well. So this is a really interesting, exciting offering for us that we're, we're excited to sort of see um, how this allows our students to, to go and explore this field a little bit more. Um, so I'll, we'll be sending out some more information with our course catalog on those specific, specific details about each course too. So know that that's coming. Another course that we're excited about is we've had great interest in our digital design program. Um, and so we have it's decided to expand that to digital design too. So in digital, digital design, there's this understanding of learning what the, how to take art, the physical art and turn it into a digital platform. So understanding this, uh, the starting points of using Adobe Suite and things like that um, to make these beautiful digital art skills, understanding some graphic design and basis on that front. Um, and now we get to expand it further. So Digital Design 2 is available for any student who's taken Digital Design 1 um, and would like to expand their skills. Specifically, this becomes an application-based course. So starting really with those foundational skills learned in Digital Design 1 um, and expanding those into some a little bit more um, project-based uh, assignments and the idea of developing a portfolio for our students in this area. We're really excited about that for our students that have, have found a love for that, that digital world of where art and, and computer science and all of that stuff meet. Beyond digital design, we also have two new courses that are available for our 11th and 12th graders. So sorry, freshmen that are here now, but you're, you, that will be available for you in the future. Um, but if your student is going into their junior year, they're going to have an option to take potentially either professional communications or forensics. Um, and let me just sort of make a little bit of a clarification of what these are. So professional communications um, is essentially a, a course that allows us to dive into understanding um, how to take all the formal skills that you've learned in, say, your English classes from writing um, and really take those and apply those into understanding how to really make this work in the business and, and the marketplace that you might be going into. So it dives into sort of the public speaking range of this, um, understanding what uh, some maybe some informal communications might look like. So even diving into some um, creative writings and things on that side, and also understanding what different communication technologies are out there with social media being so prominent right now. It's talking about how that it can be utilized well in the professional world. Um, so we're excited about being able to expand student skills in this area um, and offer them some really actionable skills, especially in the way of, of professionally communicating as they go forward. Um, forensics is a science course that we're offering. It's actually not new to us. We've offered it before, but we're re, um, 
reinstating forensics this next year. Um, and this one is really a dive into the forensic sciences, so medical and crim criminal forensics. Um, this one is, as we roll this out, this is going to be a class that's available for students in the School of Medicine, Engineering, or Humanities with a pre-law concentration. So this will be a little bit more specific as we start rolling this out, um, but we're excited about this as another science offering, um, especially for those science-minded students. Um, from there, we also want to share some course adjustments, just so when you start seeing some names that might have changed, um, or some maybe some designations that have changed as well, um, that you just know that we're talking about the same thing. Um, we have always look at our courses to make sure that they align appropriately with with what is going to be well communicated for colleges, um, and also really what, what best fits for potential certifications and understandings of what a course is. So what you'll notice is on our um, on our new course catalog, you'll see that business concepts is going to be listed, which is formerly business foundations. Um, business management has changed to business applications. Our financial algebra class has changed to business mathematics with fin or in financial literacy. And our early ed aid class has changed to early ed and training. Um, and all of these, I want to be very clear, if your student has taken one of these courses this year um, or even earlier, that it still counts exactly the same. So there's no change in the course content. Um, really, we're talking about a change in the title that really more accurately displays um, what our, your student is, is gaining from these. Um, there's also two new classes that have shifted to an honors class. Um, our statistics class and Christian Mind class um, have both moved down to the honors track because of their content. And we feel like it really is um, indicative of their learning as we expand these classes to really fulfill a need um, in our student body. From there, we'll go on to our next piece, which is talking about dual credit classes. And this is, again, I want you to have exposure. So um, the, our dual credit classes are really going to be for 11th and 12th graders. Um, but what we want you to see is sort of as you're starting to plan out the rest of your classes, um, what are potential ways on the horizon to get credit that allows you to, to really go into college with that jump start? Um, so John Brown is one of our partners that we have, um, and our John Brown classes are unique in the fact that they are actually offered on campus, and our teachers are partner instructors both with John Brown and with Legacy. So we have fabulous teachers here that teach the content um, in all of these areas in English, history, and math. Um, that also allows us to partner with John Brown and get credit for these students. So each one of these are, are coming up. So ones to pay attention to, um, especially for upcoming juniors, is our English 1013 is our, our basically our advanced level junior English. Um, and that's through John Brown English Comp Composition. That is a prerequisite class for taking the JBU English class, literary, literary analysis and research. So it's important if you want to continue on and get that advanced credit as a senior as well, you'll wanna take that first class, 1013. The history offering this next year is actually, again, unique because it's two courses. So it's two courses built into one year. So for next year, the JBU US history course is actually split up as two full credits or full class credits. So six total potential hours for a student. So in this first semester, they take the US history to 1865. In the second semester, they take US history from 1865. Um, this is one of the only courses we offer like that in our ones that are on campus. Um, it is a fast paced moving course, but it's a really outstanding foundational course for history. Um, many of our kids enjoy. 
Um, and then the mathematics offerings are very similar to English in the sense that they offer is once one course over the full year in college algebra or survey of calculus your senior year. We also have an amazing partnership with Letourneau University that has been expanded or is expanded each year. So we started this two years ago with just government and economics. And part of the drive for this was because as juniors, our students had an opportunity to take the dual credit John Brown class. But when you got to senior year, there wasn't an option for them if they wanted to continue to dive deep and really go in down the route of getting some more college credit. Um, so we partnered with, with Letourneau and have had a great success in these two classes. So similar to the junior year, um, this one would be a US government first semester and macroeconomics fall semester. So the interesting part about the Letourneau classes that is different from our John Brown classes um, is the fact that these are online courses that are led by instructors at Letourneau, um, which sounds interesting, but one of the things we've found has been a huge value add for our students is most of our students are going to experience some form of online class throughout their college experience. Um, so this gives them great exposure while they have a little bit of a safety net because they actually have a sort of a support coordinator here on campus. So I work with the students as well as a teacher, a proctor that works with them for these classes um, to help, help them when they want to ask questions about how to email their teacher or how to, how to really figure out um, what questions they need to ask and how to ask them well to a professor because it is now a student driven course. Um, so that's one of those that is in there for that history class, government and economics. And then last year we rolled out our applied professional schools courses, which is intro to psychology, medical terminology, or human growth and development. And similar to the government and economics, it, those are semester long classes. So your student actually chooses two of those classes to fulfill their full year. Um, and our students have really enjoyed diving deeper into some of these areas, um, and it's been a great way to earn credit and really expand their professional school's understanding in these, these classes as well. Beyond this, um, that, so that's all the really fun stuff about classes for me. Um, but now what I want to talk to you about just a little bit is sort of the process going forward, because we talk about these great courses, but now like, how do we choose them and what comes next? So some important dates that we want you to know is on February 10th, we're gonna be meeting with all students to review course options, to roll out our course catalog um, and to share prerequisite worksheets. And then our deans are gonna begin meeting personally with, with each student for advising. Um, on the 18th and the 25th of February, there's going to be grade level meetings to meet with those uh, professional schools um, to specifically have some time for some interaction with your dean. So those will be specific to ninth and 10th grade. And then once this is all, while this is happening, really about a month later um, from our beginning process, our final course requests are completed March 5th. So essentially from now until March 5th is really gonna be when we start talking about selecting courses for classes um, and, and making sure that we're, we're ready to go into next year. Um, but a piece that we, like uh, Mr. Veal talked about earlier, is this is not our thing on this side, is this is a partnership between the two of us, uh, or the all of us really, um, in the sense that this, we start the process of, of looking at course requests, but we want to make sure that we're all on the same page. So right around the uh, end of March, you'll be getting something home that explains exactly which classes your student has selected and asking for you to confirm those with us. And that's just making sure that we're all on the same page and that the loop is closed. So the courses we've talked about here, y'all have had those great intentional conversations about at home. Um, and then, then we can move forward with the scheduling process from there because we're all in agreement. So 
Um, so really when we go through the process, this is students are gonna look at their transcript um, of classes they've completed um, and review their course catalog, which is gonna be sent out on the 10th. Um, and then they work on this, what is our prerequisite form or prerequisite worksheet. Um, and let me, let me talk, show you what this looks like. So on the next slide here, um, we're going to look at this prerequisite worksheet that your student will get. And this is only a sampling of it, um, but each student is going to receive a specific worksheet that is, is unique to them and the classes they've taken and the grades they've gotten in those classes. So if you notice on this, there's actually two different ones for you to see, um, both showing our Bible and English offerings for, um, for respectively for sophomores at the top uh, or upcoming sophomores and upcoming juniors at the bottom. And in these, what it states is it states the class offerings for, say, Bible, as well as the prerequisites for that class. And then you'll notice there's a column that says meets prerequisites with a question mark. Um, and then in there, there may or may not be an initial, my initial on there, um, to say whether they have met the prerequisites. Um, and we try to outline those very clearly for students so they understand sort of what the initial automatic acceptance uh, level is for going to these classes. So you'll see on this one for the top student that's an upcoming sophomore, they could take either one of the worldviews class or the honors worldviews class based off of the prereqs because it shows that they've been, they've met those prerequisites. Um, and in that, they don't need any signatures or anything to complete this. Um, but if they, that student, same student was really interested in taking honors English, and notice there it says, it shows that they don't have an initial for that prerequisite. And so they would need to seek a teacher recommendation. Um, similar for the, the uh, upcoming juniors in that is if you'll notice honors apologetics is an application and interview based class. So nobody will have that prerequisite um, and there'll be a process that they go to to complete an application for that. Um, but otherwise, we're looking for a teacher's signature um, to be able to complete those prerequisites if, if a student doesn't get into their class automatically. And I say automatically because I want to make sure it's clear that is the, the level that's on there for prerequisite is an automatic admittance. Um, so we get a lot of times the question of, of this, and I'll, I'll have, let's go to the next slide on this, is what happens um, if I don't, or if I want to take a course that I don't meet the prerequisite for? Um, and that's not a, a guaranteed auto out. Um, what we want is we want the students to take a little bit of ownership and understanding if the class is the best placement for them. So the step, first step that they're going to do, because they're going to have that prerequisite worksheet for themselves, um, is they are going to take this worksheet to their teacher and ask to be considered for the appropriate class. And I would encourage what we've encouraged all of our students to do, and I would encourage you to encourage your student to do, is when you're asking to be considered for a class, um, it's really have a, an understanding of why you want to be considered for that class not just because I want honors classes, but really I, I want to make sure I can continue to advance myself in this way um, because I'm really interested in pursuing this down the line or something like that is any way to be specific is really valuable for a teacher. Um, the teacher will most likely not give an answer right then. And that's because we want our teachers to prayerfully consider any student who is, um, is pushing a little bit past where we would uh, automatically lie, put our lines for a student moving to the next level, of course. So the teacher's gonna take that worksheet and they're gonna process through whether that's the right, um, right path forward for a student. 
Um, once they do that, then they're going to, a student's going to wait for feedback and then the teacher will return the form with or without a signature um, and then provide necessary feedback. So it may be, and, and what we want our, our, our students to be prepared for is it may be that a teacher says, hey, I, I really think that this, that the placement that we've talked about is better for you because of these reasons, or I really am going to need to see some of this area of growth in order for this to be something I feel comfortable with. Um, and that's, we want those conversations because that's the partnership that we have both with the student and the teacher, and then also with you to make sure that we're putting our students in the right courses. Um, once those, those worksheets are done and any signatures are made, um, those completed worksheets are gonna go back to the Dean's office. It doesn't have to go directly to the Dean, but to the Dean's office uh, to make sure that they can um, use those in the process of completing their course selections. Okay, so um, big course windows just to be aware of as we wrap up. Um, in this area is February. We're really working on course advising. In March, we're going to finalize our course requests. And then in April is going to be when we're asking for those. So end of March, we'll send out. But early April is when we're going to ask for those course requests um, to come back with verification from you um, to make sure we're all on the same page. So know that there's a lot of things in this process but the big part is if you've got any questions um, please don't hesitate to reach out to myself um, or any member of your, the dean team for your student um, we are here and ready to to be a part of this process with you because it is a partnership and we're excited about that for your student excited about the new opportunities for their classes um, and it's going to be a great year both the rest of this year and next year so um, so don't hesitate to reach out if you've got any questions at this point i'm going to pass this over to our fabulous mrs Mac McIntosh, um, our Director of College Advising, and who's going to really talk about the, the college discovery process going forward. Awesome. Well, thanks so much, Mrs. Hannah. That was super helpful and informative. Um, well, welcome. I'm so excited to be talking to our ninth and 10th grade families. Um, this is such an exciting time for you guys, uh, whether it be your first year in the upper school or maybe second year and already feel like you have a hang of it. Um, but what I want to do tonight is I want to continue having the conversation of the college discovery process. And so you'll hear me talk about this. And this is really anything from the beginning of brainstorming about college, all the way to seeing your child head off to college to use their God-given abilities. And so we're excited here at Legacy to partner with you through the entire process. Um, so tonight I wanna talk through just a few of the goals we have. Um, I really want us to walk away tonight with a better understanding of the college application process. So we're not going to know every detail, but we're going to cover the general process and everything you need to be doing for right now um, for your child in the ninth grade. Um, and then we also want you to walk away with basic understanding of your student took maybe the PSAT or the pre-ACT this year. What does that mean? How do they take the next steps forward? So those basic skills. Um, and then the long-term goal is we always want to help your child find the, um, the best fit college, um, not the, the highest ranked college, but the college where they are going to thrive and use their abilities best. Um, we also want your child to be the best learner that they can be, not here just at Legacy, but beyond. Um, and then we want your family to know what resources are available. So really quick, I'm not going to go into a lot of detail about how does COVID-19 impact the process, but this is um, this is something really that I focus more on with our 12th graders and our 11th graders coming up in the application process. But I do want you to have an understanding of what this means 
um, and, and how things are changing. So really quickly, um, there's more college research options. So I think oftentimes we hear about how it's negatively impacting uh, college in some way or another, but really I've seen our students have more more ability, um, more available to them to research colleges. And so this looks like virtual campus tours, uh, virtual admissions meetings, um, even getting to connect one-on-one -on -one with an admissions counselor through a Zoom meeting. Um, we're even seeing schools um, do virtual uh, junior events. And so um, maybe having a Saturday where they normally would have an in-person big event day, um, but it's a virtual big event day. So lots of availabilities to still explore colleges. Um, and then one thing you'll hear a lot of, if you haven't already, is this idea of test optional. Um, so we're seeing a lot of colleges because of COVID move to test optional, meaning a student may or may not have to send in test scores for admissions or scholarship. And so the one thing I want to encourage you as you hear this test optional verbiage is just to know the best and the safest way for our kiddos to be prepared is to take the ACT, um, to take the pre-ACT, take the ACT, and take these tests serious um, because they haven't gone away yet. Um, and a lot of colleges are bringing them back for um, the class of 2022. So um, keep that in mind. And then keep in mind that uh, policies are changing. And so I'm doing my best to stay up to date on what's changing and keeping our families the most informed, um, but this won't impact you guys a ton. Okay, and so what we're gonna do tonight, um, you know, I could sit up here and talk about my experience in a college admissions office or what I see from our students applying, but each year I love to bring to us um, the new data that we see from um, our survey. And so it's the Independent Educational Consultant Survey. They survey over a thousand admissions professionals um, and, and really bring to us the top 12 items that colleges are looking at. And you've, you've seen these change sometimes, sometimes they don't. And as we look at them, I'm not gonna read them because we'll go through all of these. Um, but the one thing I like to, to keep in mind is numbers one through five really don't change. So these are the things we can really rely on as consistent things to help our um, students focus on as they go throughout their high school career. And so being in the ninth and 10th grade, we have a great opportunity to really encourage um, your children to, to work on these numbers one through five, especially. So we're gonna break it down. Um, I like to break it down into your A game. Um, and so um, the first thing I want to cover is, and we'll go on to the next slide, yeah. The first thing I want to cover is your student's academic ability. And so um, how colleges really review this is through your high school curriculum, through grades and GPA, standardized test scores, and then a student's intellectual curiosity. And so to break this down a little bit more, um, we'll go on to the next, next slide. Um, the high school curriculum, we really want students to be taking challenging courses. So you've heard that tonight, you've heard us say, there's lots of opportunities to take um, an honors course. And then you've seen later on down the road, there's dual credit and there's AP. And so we're not saying to um, throw a student into all advanced courses. We don't want that. We want a student to figure out how are they gifted? How are they wired? Um, what subjects are they passionate about? And really consider taking maybe an advanced course in that subject. And it's gonna look different for each student going through. 
um, but looking at taking the AP or dual credit. We also want students to think about their GPA. We don't want a student to be driven by their GPA, but we want them to consider it and to realize the impact that it has. Um, and so what we don't want is a student signing up for all rigorous curriculum, and then we, they find themselves um, doing poorly in each of those classes. So it's a balance of finding the right amount of rigor in order to keep, keep their GPA. And so thinking through a college would rather a student take the rigorous curriculum and maybe make a B plus or a B than not take the rigorous curriculum at all. So it's, it's a balancing act. Um, and then test scores, so the ACT, the SAT, um, these are still a great indicator for colleges on admitting students and offering scholarship. And then as we look intellectual curiosity, um, this is something that each college is going to judge a little bit different, but it's something that's important. And so thinking through your student may be taking rigorous curriculum at Legacy, but what are they doing outside of the classroom to really challenge their intellect? Um, what are they reading? Um, are they participating in internships, a summer job? How are they learning outside of the classroom? And a lot of colleges will seek and ask questions about this. So in, in overview, this is, these are the items this, a school will look for to determine um, students' academic ability. Um, and so right here on the screen, you see a picture of a student's transcript. And so the important thing, especially for our ninth grade families, I want each student to know that grades are now permanent. And so I like to encourage students as they come into my office, especially in the ninth and 10th grade, um, to really understand that grades are now permanent. Um, and the best thing that they can be doing to prepare for college right now is treating today's homework assignment as part of their college application and starting to see what we do today impacts um, tomorrow and even further down the road. Um, and then one thing I like to note is um, we are a, we have a 4.0 scale, we are weighted GPA, and then we only rank the top 10% of our students. And so we do that to help students in the admissions process. So you won't be expecting a rank unless a student falls in the top 10% of their class their junior year. Okay, so admissions testing at Legacy. So, um, you all have walked through a fall semester and what our busy fall semester of testing looks like, but just to give you an overview of what you can expect the next few years. Um, our admissions testing, each year we like to offer the PSAT and the pre-ACT. And so that helps a student really figure out which test do they prefer and then which tests do they actually do better on. Um, I can tell you 99% of our students do better on the ACT. They're stronger on the ACT um, and over time their score can increase more on the ACT. Um, so we do see a lot of our students go in that direction, but the PSAT and pre-ACT are great practice for your students. And so I sent home yellow folders to you guys and that had your students' test booklets, um, their score reports, um, and so that's a really good indicator of where they are now. Um, the ninth and 10th grader just practice. Um, and then for our 10th graders this spring, we have the district ACT. So this is actually an official ACT that students can register to take. Um, this is a really good baseline score of saying without test prep, where do we land on an official ACT? Just to let you guys know, 
Um, that test is March 2nd. I've sent you an email, um, but go ahead and register tonight. So today's actually the last day for registration. And so um, you can go onto the Legacy website and register for that or see my email with a link. Okay, and so like I said, most of our students do favor the ACT, um, but this is a great, um, a great document that helps compare a student's PSAT scores and their ACT. Um, we're gonna be sending you documents after tonight's meeting. And the document I send you is gonna have this chart. So you don't need to, don't need to try to copy it down now, um, but it will have this chart for you to review with your student scores. And then I also want to, to remind us, um, Legacy purchases each year, it's called Better Prep Success. Um, and so we have test prep um, that I've emailed you guys about. I'll put a little blurb in it in our email just so you're aware of it. Um, and that's a great resource for your student to watch test prep videos. And it has five or six full length practice tests for them to work through problems. And so I want you to know that it's available um, and we do that so you guys have something um, to start off with. Um, and so test prep is important, um, but thinking through why do scores matter? Um, and so it's not that I love the ACT and love talking about it. Um, it's just that colleges use it for admission and scholarship purposes. So I encourage our families, um, especially our students applying to college at the moment, um, the most guaranteed scholarship dollars you can get are through a student's um, academic achievements in high school. And so our GPA and our ACT scores are gonna help, help your child um, get the most scholarship dollars they can when applying. So that's why I talk about it a lot. Um, so the next step I wanna talk through is our assets. And so what are our colleges looking at beyond just academic ability? Um, and so they're looking at a student's involvement, leadership, diversity, special interests, and character. And so um, I wanna talk through this a little bit. So as we, as we move on, involvement is a key piece. Um, ninth and 10th grade is a great time to be thinking about this and thinking about what am I involved in? Um, and so we want students to have meaningful engagement, not just lines on a resume. So we want your students to get involved in lead legacy. We want them to get involved in robotics or different clubs through their PSP program. Um, and so definitely thinking of depth there um, versus just spreading yourself thin. Um, and then also thinking through leadership. So students, we want students growing into leadership roles. And I, I like to encourage students that a leadership role is not just a title. And so some students will say, well, there's only so many leadership positions available. But I like to think through looking at your church uh, youth group looking at volunteer um, nonprofits, uh, looking here at legacy. There's lots of places a student can get involved and either create a leadership role or serve as a leader beyond just a title. Okay, and so moving on to our next slide, um, we also want a student looking at um, the different demographic or personal characteristics. So that diversity piece, um, and this is important. And the, the best way I describe this is during COVID, I know we, a lot of us did puzzles. And so I like to describe a freshman class as a thousand piece puzzle. Um, and colleges are not looking for puzzle pieces that are exactly the same. They're looking for different characteristics, traits coming from all over the country um, to fit their freshman class and make it um, 
a diverse freshman class. Um, also special talents and interests. This is something um, that students will bring to the table. This is if a student is interested in being an athlete. So a student athlete, um, fine arts, theater, um, performance majors. Uh, these are all areas that a college might look at for admitting students. Um, and then character and values. And so this is um, evaluating will, will the student add to the community found on the college campus. And so a college really sees this through a student's essay, through their resume, their involvement, um, and then through recommendation letters. And so my tips for us are really encouraging students to become a leader inside and out of school. And so whatever they're doing, uh, whether it be just a servant leader or whether it be running for a title. And we want students to prioritize quality engagement versus just quantity to add and make a long list on their resume. Um, consistency is really key for our colleges. And so having a student be involved from the ninth grade or the 10th grade throughout their entire high school experience is really important. And so oftentimes colleges are wanting to say, hey, is this student reliable? Are they gonna be consistent? And so I encourage all of our families, if you haven't started this yet, um, I encourage pulling up a Word document or a piece of paper um, and just writing down everything you're doing in this, in this process. And so anything your student's been a part of, involved in, any award they've received, um, keep a file folder and just put everything in there and start a document. And that way, when it's time to apply, you have a really good idea of everything your student's been involved in. Okay, and then the last piece um, that we wanna go over is the application. And so students are not applying until the summer before their senior year. So we have time, but I want to just make you aware of a few things. Um, so on our next slide, um, the things we're gonna talk through that a student can be thinking about, um, that you can be talking about at, at the family dinner table, um, is thinking through, um, students are gonna have to write a college essay. And so thinking through, what am I a part of? What would I write an essay? I really encourage families each year, you can pull up the essay prompts for colleges and even just have that be a discussion at the table of, hey, what at this point in my life, what would I write about? And it just gets them thinking about that. One of the benefits of being here at Legacy is in our English classes, our English department does a great job of partnering with the college counseling office. And each year, a student's junior year, they will write a college essay. And so it's actually an essay that they can use for their applications the summer before their senior year. So we really partner with you to make sure your child is ready to apply. Um, a student's also gonna need teacher recommendation letters um, and sometimes a counselor recommendation letter. And so make sure your student is getting to know me, getting to know the guidance counselor, getting to know their teachers and thinking through, hey, even if this is a really hard class for me, this might be a great recommendation letter for this teacher to write how I worked really hard all year to grow in a specific subject. So thinking through that's gonna be an important piece for them. And then demonstrated interest. So colleges are tracking how interested is a student in attending? And if we admit them, will they end up enrolling? Um, and so it's really important, um, not all colleges do this, but it's important to take advantage of the opportunities at hand. So 
anytime your student gets an email from a college, open it, read it, learn about the college. And then um, hopefully next year we'll have our in-person college fair back. Uh, we offer three college fairs a year at the upper school. And so your student will have plenty of opportunities to walk up and engage with college representatives um, and to, to fill out information cards and start connecting with colleges. That's gonna be really important for them. Okay, and so our college roadmap, if we'll go on to the next slide, I just wanna walk us through what is important right now. And so what's our takeaway of what should we be doing now? So really helping our students realize grades and transcripts matter. Um, and so focusing on academics right now is a key piece for their college applications, uh, challenging themselves, taking, taking their homework serious every night, knowing that that's gonna help them reach their goal of whatever college they're thinking about. Getting involved and building their resume, exploring their interests, but also remaining committed to what they, they're a part of. Um, and then next we want, if we can flip on to the next slide, we want admissions testing to be a priority. So we want students to continue to test and retest anytime it's available to them. Um, so that would be like our 10th graders signing up to take the ACT uh, with us on March 2nd. That's gonna be a great indicator for them. Um, and then we want students to utilize and really take advantage of the tools LCA provides to them. So um, Naviance, um, students have access to Naviance. This is where they check their GPA. It's got a great career exploration, college research, uh, the Better Prep Success, which is our ACT prep I mentioned, and then U-Science that Mr. Veal talked about. These are great areas that which Legacy provides and we want you to take advantage of. Um, and then just remaining, uh, reminding students to be professional in this process. Um, I encourage families to create a professional email address that they can use so the whole family has access to contact colleges um, and something that, that both the parent and the student can see um, because that'll become more and more important as your student hears from more colleges and starts applying. Um, and then also reminding students that social media is becoming a really big aspect. And so um, college, I have heard of colleges checking students' social media account. Um, I've heard of colleges um, actually revoking admission offers because of what students have posted on social media. So it's going to be really important um, as we move on in the digital age to help students um, make sure they're being professional. Um, and then just remembering that what I want you to walk away with is just remembering I have an open door policy. And so I want to work with your families. I want to work um, with each student. And so as you have questions or concerns, come see me, send me an email. Um, I'm happy to connect with you. And so we're so thankful that everyone was here tonight. We want to open it up. It looks like we were able to answer a lot of questions through the chat, but wanted to see if we have any more questions, now is the time to, to type them in for us. Okay. It looks like we are good. I'm so thankful we we're able to answer all your questions. Um, again, follow up with us via email if you have any more questions after tonight. But thank you guys so much for joining us.